0: Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cut and no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave a wish you good luck. Only thing I will say Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. And we are finally Getting around to talking about the undrafted free agents that the Packers picked up after the draft. It's been a few weeks, but better late than never, right, Dane? We yes, got a sir. couple couple guys on uh, to join us on the podcast. So if you missed those episodes with Josh Nyman and Tyler Davis, go back and check them out. They were both gracious enough to join us on the show recently. So here we are. We're going to get ready to talk offensive undrafted free agents. And, Dane, if history tells us anything, there's probably going to be a good chance at least one guy on both the offensive and defensive sides of this list that we talk about that ends up making the 53-man roster. It just seems like recent history and, and more um, you know long-term history tells us that that seems to be the way things go, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the Packers, as much as any team in the league, uh, I got to think they give opportunity to anybody on this roster and the best guys rise to the top. Um, With the expanded practice squad roster, a lot of guys are fighting for those spots, too. But Wags, you're right. Every year, it seems like guys that are relatively unheralded find a way to get on this team, whether it's guys that are undrafted that make it out of camp or even guys that come in from other places. I mean, look at Tyler Davis. You just mentioned he was on our podcast. Um, you know, he was a draft pick, but a late round guy who came in the Jags. But I mean, we don't have to look further than, you know, go down the list. Patrick Taylor, running back, uh friend of our pod. Dude was, you know, an undrafted guy. Ended up sitting out most of his first year with injury. Ended up scoring a touchdown last year and looked really good in the limited time that he had. So, um, you know, the Packers are a team that look across the board. They want to add talent, and I think they like the competitive fire of some of these undrafted guys that are out there to prove something. And it, I mean, these are guys that, uh, you know, maybe didn't come in with the biggest pedigree, but these are guys that are looking to earn a paycheck. Uh, and and keep keep getting the opportunity to wear shoulder pads and a helmet for a living. Uh, So I'm really excited to have some of these guys in Green Bay. And I'll tell you what, I really like some of the guys that we've been able to bring in. I think they're going to be legitimately competitive trying to fight for spots this year.
0: For sure. Uh, Before we get into that, a few news and notes here. And so just... At the top, we've seen some roster moves, and unfortunately, uh, especially for us, we're bidding adieu to a couple of guys that were former guests of our podcast. J.J. Molson, a kicker that was on the practice squad both the last two seasons, um, uh, most of the second half of 2020 and then all of 2021. And unfortunately for him, a numbers game. And uh, the Packers were not going to carry three kickers on this roster. So um, they bring in, of course, Coach Passaccia. Seems like he had a preference for Dominic Eberly, who was with him in Las Vegas last year as an undrafted player over there. Followed him here to the Packers. And Dane, I don't think it'd be reading too much into this move to say that I'm not sure Mason Crosby was a hundred percent sure whether he was going to come back for another season or if he was going to retire. Um, that probably was why they had three kickers on this roster. So if Mason decided to hang it up, you've got two young guys that can battle it out in camp, uh, between JJ and Dominic Everly. But, um, it looks like Mason has given the indication that he plans to continue his kicking career. And, um, Certainly, he'll have the leg up on this competition, but unfortunately for JJ, that means that he's not going to have an opportunity to continue in Green Bay.
1: Yeah, JJ is one of like the all-time dudes. <laughs> I really loved when we had a chance to get him on the podcast. Legitimately great guy. Um, interesting story. Go back; it's timeless podcast interview as far as I'm concerned. But I'll tell you what: I don't think we've heard the last of JJ Molson in the league. Uh, he's got a good leg. Played at UCLA. Um, you know, I I think a guy who's pretty accurate, a guy that continued to work at his craft, and he'll be the first to tell you somebody who's been able to watch Mason Crosby over the last couple of years, a consummate professional. So, I mean, we're rooting for J.J. Molson to to go earn a paycheck somewhere else, hopefully not beat the Packers anytime soon and maybe avoid the NFC North, but go get it. Go. uh, I'm sure he's going to be latching on in camp, with somebody else. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing him kick in the NFL this season, uh, disappointed to see him go, but with, with, um, you know, Mason Crosby, very likely the, the Packers kicker this year, they were not, the Packers weren't carrying three kickers going into it, uh, but sad to see JJ go really good guy. Um, but we wish him a lot. Uh, all the Maybe best.
0: this is the best for him. He has more yeah. chance to latch on somewhere. Although, you know, this just one of those examples where, it's such a fine line to earn a job in this league because it's it's not that crazy that there's an alternate universe where Mason says, this has been a great run, but I'm done. And then it's JJ versus Dominic to try to win this job in camp. And who knows who wins the starting kicker job at that point. So, um, you know, certainly the the thing that's disappointed for me is he had a lot of good reviews from reporters over the last year plus uh, what he was doing on the practice squad and in practice kicking some big long field goals so anyway it's unfortunate for him but that's kind of the way it goes in this league and then the other guy a couple weeks ago uh, Chris Blair a wide receiver out of Alcorn State um, Donald Driver Jr. as we like to affectionately call him uh, was on the, the, our podcast last off season. Uh just a really really solid dude really liked him he got cut last year before the regular season then actually got signed back onto the practice squad spent all year on the practice squad um, but unfortunately for him with looks like and that's a full wide receiver room and um, Packers decided to move on as well so Chris Blair has uh, been moved on. And so we wish him nothing but the best as well.
1: Yeah. Just couldn't get healthy last year. I know battled some injuries. Um, I'm hopeful that again, talk about a guy want to see him come, come aboard somewhere else in, in uh, in the league uh, right now and, and go and, you know, earn his stripes somewhere else. And uh, another guy worked um, with Devontae Adams, right. And got to play with some really, really good Packer receivers over the last year. Plus, Uh, again, really good dude. So we wish him well, we're going to miss him. Uh, You know, really, really, I was hoping that we were going to get to see him um, show what we know he can do in camp, but I think uh, he's going to be somewhere else pretty soon here in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then finally, We've got another long snapper on the roster, and I swear, uh, aside from wide receiver, the long snapper has been probably the biggest uh, focus of Packer fans' uh, yeah. discussion on social media. Well, who the Packers going to get at long snapper? And uh, Jack Coco uh, was a um, mm-hmm. you, you know a tryout player at rookie uh, orientation came out of that and, and, and got a contract. So he's going to have an opportunity to compete for a spot and win this long snapping job and be on this 53 man roster.
1: Wags. I mean, how are we not rooting for Jack Coco? I don't think he was even long snapping all year last year uh, uh, over there in, uh, I believe what Georgia tech Uh, we we've kind of been following this um, this young man, but he came in and, you know, he was a long snapper uh, Walk on guy, long snapper, backup off, uh, offensive lineman, became a long snapper, tight end. Um, but you know, I, he's somebody who had a lot of consistency on extra point snaps, uh, ha- having a chance to do some of that in college, and uh, and I, I believe some uh, punt um, punt snaps as well. Uh, but somebody that you know earned a scholarship in twenty twenty one. There's a great video of him there in college, and a guy who's just like a try hard. Worker, now he's going to go and put full time effort and energy into this long snapping job. And Weggs, it's an open competition. He wasn't even the only long snapper in tryout in camp but they've decided to stick with Jack Coco. He's going to go show what he can do. He's an athletic guy. Um, the way that the long snapping rules have changed where you can't cover up the long snapper, I think the Packers want to get faster and better uh, across the board on special teams, and that includes long snapper, and he can get down the field and make a tackle. So let's see what Jack Coco can do. If he's consistent like he was in college, Do not be surprised, folks, if Jack Coco is the long snapper going into this season because I don't think the Packers are married to Wirtle whatsoever. I think they're looking to upgrade, and I think this could be Jack's year uh, to stick in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, Uh, played some tight end in college as well, former teammate of uh, Tyler Davis. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things where if he can certainly show consistency, he's going to have a really good chance to win that job. Uh, Stephen Wertle wasn't uh, starting long snapper last year um, right. and uh, ended up getting elevated early in the season. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. All through OTAs and see what kind of news we're getting on that long snapper competition. So. I'm excited for Jack.
1: He seems like a really good dude and he works his backside off. So we're, I think we're going to be rooting for him. I'm excited for him.
0: For sure. So now with OTA starting today, dan um, we don't have any media access until tomorrow so mm-hmm. a little bit limited in the news that we got out of otas today but what are some things that we're going to be looking for i think before we get into these undrafted free agents um uh, for me dane since you didn't you needed some time to think this through i'm just going to jump in here for me it's got to be the wide receiver group mm-hmm. we've got you know uh, a trio of 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 wide receivers that we drafted, and Christian Watson and um, Samore Toure, Romeo Dubs. Um, I think I want to see what those guys look like. Um, If Sammy Watkins is there, we don't know for sure who's all participating in this week's OTAs. Um, Where is he at? Um, Jason Vrabel is came out and said last week how impressed he's been with where Amari Rodgers has been at. And and that's been a guy that I think a lot of fans, myself included, haven't totally been impressed with. Um, I get he was a rookie last year, but is he going to make that jump? Uh, is he going to develop and uh, be put a guy that can, you can potentially depend on? Well, he's certainly going to have a lot of opportunities this year. So um, you always hear these stories about, Guys making the jump. Well, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Let's see what they're actually able to do and show that they're ready to make that jump and be productive. So, um, for me, it's definitely be keeping an eye on this wide receiver group. We know alan Lazard. You know, I don't expect he's going to be even participating probably this so, week no. uh, since he's still a unsigned restricted free agent. But um, uh, some of the guys, we kind of know what to expect. But I'll be very anxious to hear uh, what some of the reports are on this young and new wide receiver group.
1: Wags, you know, I, I could talk about any other position group, but I, I guess I'm going to talk about the guy throwing the ball to these wide receivers. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Um, you know, going into his third year, how how can we not be curious to see if Jordan Love is, is you know, looking fluid in camp? I, I, I just, I mean, the Packers still invested a first round pick. I know Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to be QB1 for the foreseeable future. However, this is opportunity for J love to a uh, show that he's putting it together. B maybe look like uh, somebody that could bring back trade capital for the team down the road here. This is it. It's kind of becoming a make or break year for Jordan, right? Year three, uh, in Green Bay, playing behind Aaron Rodgers, and um, it's important that he's putting the ball on a dime. It's important that he's building rapport with some of these young wide receivers. You mentioned Lazard won't be there. I don't. I assume Randall Cobb probably won't be there either. But a lot of other guys are trying to make uh, make this team. You know, Juwan Winfrey. Right. We we think about some of these other guys too. Uh, Malik Taylor, uh, guys that have been on the roster that are now battling a lot of young guys. So I'll be curious to see what Jordan Love's able to do if he's delivering the ball, if he's going through his progressions well, and if he's making progress. And, you know, the coaches are going to say a lot of stuff, but I'll be really curious uh, tomorrow when uh, a lot of the um, uh, the Packers um, beat writers and others are able to actually watch open practice Um, I'm going to want to see what they're saying about Jordan, because I know all eyes are going to be on him in this wide receiver. room.
0: Yeah. And it's not that hard to figure out if he's gotten to another level when we were we were there last year and he he just wasn't consistent. Um, And, uh, you know, we saw some of that inconsistency in camp. And so that's going to be the biggest thing is not everybody's going to be perfect every day in practice. But is he taking it to another level in terms of his consistency? As you said it, Dane, his long-term might not be in Green Bay, but if he doesn't have a really good preseason, his long-term may not be anywhere. And so it behooves Jordan Love to play really well, not only in practice, but in the preseason games that he's going to have an opportunity for, stay healthy and go out there and perform at a high level. Because even if... You know, Aaron Rodgers decides to keep coming back, um, then he's going to have to sh- have tape out there that a team's going to be willing to trade and invest in him, and give him an opportunity uh, to be a starter in this league because things are constantly in motion. Um, this was a poor year in the draft for quarterbacks, but these jobs don't stay open forever. So right. as there's turnover out there, Jordan Love's going to have to, p- to prove. Uh, not only to Green Bay, but uh, teams around the league, that he's uh, worthy of being a starter-caliber uh, quarterback. Uh, so uh, that's definitely a good one to to keep an eye on for sure. Um, okay, Dane, I think we're ready to jump into these undrafted free agents. Uh, again, we're just going to talk about the guys on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, one of the undrafted free agents that they did sign, uh, offensive tackle Jameer Johnson out of Texas A&M, Uh, was released, so we are not going to touch on him. So that leaves six guys on the offensive side. And, Dane, I think it's always easy to start with the position players and one that you and I and maybe a lot of uh, uh, fans from around Wisconsin are familiar with, wide receiver Danny Davis uh, out of Wisconsin. Um, And uh, I'm excited by Danny. Uh, Just like the drafted guys that we brought in to compete in this room, Danny Davis was a very productive college receiver for a program that doesn't like to throw the ball all that much. So um, I, I, a little undersized, perhaps not, not the speediest guy, uh, but uh, I always felt he was a sharp route runner at the college level. Um, seemed to understand all of the concepts, um, has, has good hands, um, was able to adjust in the air and uh, has a nice catch radius um, for some, a lot of errant (laughs) throws thrown his way over the course of his career. And he was able to, you know, reach behind him, uh, go down and catch the football, catch the football over his head and high point. Um, There weren't a lot of times where he was hit right in stride, (laughs) Um, but um, had a nice, nice yards per catch, 15 yards per catch last year too, leading the team and receiving. Um, So I know it doesn't say a lot, Uh, when you're talking about a wide receiver out of Wisconsin. But um, I think Danny Davis is someone to keep an eye on, especially as an undrafted player. Um, And with the opportunities that are there, um, don't be surprised if uh, he's able to jump up and and, uh, command some attention early on. Yeah, that's
1: cool. I mean, I I got some Badger season tickets and been able to watch Danny, especially last year, uh, kind of up close, but I really like Danny. Uh, the wide receiver, you said it wags. I mean, he's, he's a guy who's kind of got that acrobatic catch uh, ratio. He's, he's kind of gets his arms out there and is able to pull the ball in. He was always the guy I was hoping that uh, we were looking towards on third down too, as a Wisconsin fan, if they have to air it out, I feel like Danny Davis was just a reliable target. In addition to the tight end, uh, Danny Davis was just kind of that guy that you want to look to on the outside. He's a good blocker too. And, you know, I'll tell you what, in this Packers offense, that actually does matter quite a bit. He's just kind of got that tenacious, that tenacity about him as a wide receiver. He's fast out of his breaks. He's not necessarily the fastest guy. I think he's like a 4-5-40 guy, but he's fast out of his breaks. He's got a quick twitch. He breaks, um, you know, he's very clean route runner, especially for an undrafted wide receiver. To get a guy who's so fluent out of his breaks is, is something that you want to see. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to the Packers brought in a lot of different wide receivers. They drafted three. Uh, but would you really bet against Danny Davis at this point? Uh, I wouldn't, especially when you have quarterbacks and get him the ball at the NFL level. I think that he could be one of those surprise guys that um, if not on the 53 Certainly, a practice squad quality wide receiver that could work his way onto the roster. And hell, Alan Lazard was a practice squad guy at one point, right? Like the Packers find ways to get guys on the field at a certain point. But love the Danny Davis signing. I was excited to see that he came to Green Bay because I thought he probably had some options as an undrafted guy. So to stick in Green Bay, I thought was really a feather in the cap to the front office. And I think that Danny knows he's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to compete because outside of a couple spots, nothing set in stone at this roster, at this wide receiver spot. So why not come here, compete with the best quarterback in football?
0: For sure. Um, Dane, I think we're going to jump around position wise and we've got a break coming up here uh, after this next player. So we've got some comments in the chat. We're live streaming here on Facebook, Twitter and our YouTube channel. So keep the comments and questions coming. I'm just going to tease that. We'll get to some of them after Mm -hmm. our break. Um, But uh, first, let's talk about Cole Schneider center out of Central Florida. Dane. I can't believe he was undrafted. Mm-hmm. He was the top rated interior offensive lineman by Pro Football Focus last year in college, and the Packers were able to snap him up in free agency. This is the type of guy he reminds me a lot. A lot. Maybe not necessarily in stature and like personality, but a lot. Remember, Lucas Patrick was an undrafted free yes. agent. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you what. If you have some versatility and as an offensive lineman can come in on that interior and have a specialized skill set, I think there's a place in this league for you. And I don't know if he will be ready to jump and make a run for this 53-man roster. We'll find out. He's going to be given some opportunities. But keep an eye on this name, Cole Schneider. Um, And he's listed at center, but I think there's going to be some, some buzz. I'm just going to throw it right out there. I haven't even got to see him on the field yet, but um, a a guy with his kind of uh, background and his productivity at the college level, um, frankly, I don't think should have gone undrafted, but uh, he is in Green Bay and Dane, I'm pretty excited by uh, the prospect of what he might be able to do for this offensive line depth.
1: Wags, Cole Schneider doesn't even know he's our guy yet, but he is like our kind of guy, right? Um, He's nasty. And you're right. Lucas Patrick is exactly the comp. We did not talk about that ahead of time, but just kind of a guy who's just angry out there, plays hard nose, smash mouth football. Um, If you're watching him, you know, Uh, He'll pull around and he's going to just hit somebody in the mouth. We saw him pushing around big, big interior offensive linemen as well, which I love to see. Um, And he's smart out there. You watch him, right? You watch him play ball and you can see he's putting his body in the right position. He has a really good feel for the game. Um, He gets good low center of gravity as well, which you love to see. You mentioned, Weggs, um, listed as a center, which is actually pretty curious, I think, for the pack. To listen to center, but he's played all three interior spots. I think he projects to be uh, a guard slash center in this league, which the Packers will absolutely take uh, any day of the week. You said it. I did not expect for him to still be uh, around as an undrafted guy. Um, but, you know, heck, Weggs, what does it say about the guy? He even lined up as a fullback and scored a touchdown uh, in his college career. He's just a hard nosed guy that likes to play the game. Um, you know, is he going to have to get better at a couple things um, I- I- I at the next level? Potentially, you know, I think everybody's kind of working on that. I'm not sure if his range is entirely there, which might be why he projects to be a bit more of a center, but big picture, he's going to get there. I think that he is an NFL caliber offensive lineman. Now the Packers are stacked at offensive line with young um, p- possible talent, right? They invested yet again in some draft picks. Uh, but, Wags, do not be surprised at all. Cole Schneider is a name uh, to to be familiar with. And I think I won't be surprised if in the preseason we see Cole burying some opposing team's uh, defensive linemen and chirping in his ear a little bit. He's just kind of got that nasty mean streak that we're looking for out of our offensive line.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, Dane, I think we should take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Of course, it is NBA playoff season. So, Dane, have you been able to, with your wife Andrea, make some good winning
1: selections here as the playoffs have continued? Uh no, uh, <laughs> not really. Um, so she does have the Celtics tonight, and I we're recording on Friday evening, and that or excuse me, Friday Monday evening. I wish it was Friday evening. Recording on Monday evening. And uh, Celtics look to be up pretty heavily over Miami right now, which is good news for my wife and for my pocketbook. Um, but it's made the playoffs a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're, we're doing this uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Andrea, my wife, uses promo code TPPN. I give her advice. She doesn't listen. That's why she wins more often than she loses. Uh, but it's making NBA a lot of fun. And it's all thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, folks, use promo code TPPN, start betting, make these NBA playoff games that are already fun, even that much more enjoyable. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code
0: TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so as promised, we've got a couple of comments here. Uh, Should you... Thanks so much for joining. He says Jordan's going to fight hard. So I think he uh, was agreeing, Dane, with your comments on Jordan Love earlier. And then a question here in the chat, uh, Facebook chat, from John Dorn. So, Dane, I'm going to tee this up for you. Mm -hmm. He says the Packers have one spot on the roster. What position do you think they will fill that spot with? We've got a little bit, a little bit of extra money now with the mm-hmm. Jair Alexander extension. Do you think they spend a little bit of that to fill out this final roster spot? It's, it's constantly fluid, but uh, what are your predictions there as things stand today?
1: If I had to guess today, I think they go with a veteran edge rusher. Um, that's what they did last year with, um, with Wiley uh, Martell, Mar- excuse me, Wiley. Yeah. Um, and uh I think that that's probably what we do again. It just seems to be a spot behind Rashawn Gary and and Preston Smith. Um, You know, We're looking at a lot of young guys behind them. And I think the Packers carry five rushers next year. Um, But I just think that they're looking for that third guy that they can lean on in that rotation. I'm not sure if they look at Jonathan Garvin as that guy uh, quite yet. So don't be surprised if it's an edge. That's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, yeah, someone a la that Whitney Merciless. Merciless, excuse me, yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that's a pretty good prediction. It seems like a position group that they really could use um, a little bit of extra depth. I'm kind of nervous, in fact, uh, with the depth that they have at that edge rusher position. So um, I think that's certainly one that they'll be working hard to try to identify someone that could fit uh, on this roster. Don't be... uh, Forgetting, though, we've got Randy Ramsey, who I think the Packers right. front office is really high on, battled some injuries, but um, hopefully for his and the Packers' sake, he's able to come in healthy and stay healthy because I think he's the guy the Packers would love to have an opportunity to fill out some of the depth at that position group as well. But that certainly wouldn't prevent them uh, from going out and, and looking. Uh, Chauncey Rivers was another guy they brought in mm-hmm. late last year as well uh, to compete. Uh, and it made the roster before having that season-ending injury on on his part as well. So,
1: um, right. do you see this other question? We have to answer it. We have to answer it. uh,
0: John follows that up with, do you think they bring back Kevin King for depth? No. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't meant to be curt to you, John. We appreciate (laughs) you. But uh, no, I don't think so. I would not be happy about that development. I think they finally scratched that Kevin King itch and, uh, have, um, well, hopefully mercifully moved on. <laughs> um, that would be my hope anyway. So Dane, let's move back into these undrafted yeah. offensive free agents. And, um, let's go back to some of the scope positions. We signed two running backs and you mentioned earlier, we've got a, a skilled young running back group. Interesting. They went out and got few guys that were very productive yes. in their own right in college so clearly they wanted to ramp up the competition in this running back room and um, first guy i'm going to mention bj baylor out of oregon state workout course guy led the pack 12 in rushing last year with over 1300 yards 308 carries uh, last year in college that might have been a mark against him right. uh, usually you don't like to see that much work uh, from guys coming out of the college level, things have changed uh, in that regard a lot over the last 10 years. But um, definitely someone that can carry the rock and uh, put in the work. Um, bigger guy um, and actually the last Oregon State running back, not a, a you know a renowned program necessarily that led to Pac-12 and rushing. Back in 2003, for some of our older listeners might recognize the name, Steven Jackson um, mm-hmm. was uh, all pro running back in the NFL for a few years in the early aughts. So um, has uh, certainly um, some some solid numbers and uh, is a good runner. So, Dane, uh, what did you think about B.J. Baylor?
1: Yeah, I, I like B.J. He, he seems like a heck of a football player, a heck of a running back. Um, you know, one of the things that really stuck out to me, Wags, is he he's um, really adept at running in that zone blocking scheme. the packers run so he's somebody that's going to be able to come in and theoretically between the tackles is going to understand the the lanes understand you know his mission um he's very very uh impactful at following blocks and has really strong vision been able to watch some tape on him um you also when you know when he's got the ball in his hands and i mean that positively because he runs with some pop he runs on a mission so really like um, those aspects uh, of what BJ does. And also, I'll tell you what, um, one of the reasons he led the lead, you know, his conference in, in, um, in yards is because he doesn't stop his feet um, when he hits first contact. Dude keeps moving those feet. I saw, I can't tell you how many times we watched him uh, over the last week or two, and that first contact, and the feet keep going, and they need to gang tackle him to bring him down. Just an aggressive runner out of the backfield. I think the question marks for BJ uh, come in, and some of this just isn't his fault, doesn't play special teams, or at least hasn't played special teams Uh, in college. I don't believe he had any special team snaps last season. And then also doesn't have a lot of experience catching the balls out of the backfield. Um, Again, these are not necessarily fault of his. In fact, I've read some scouting reports where they think uh, the scouts think he was underutilized uh, in in college at some of the other things they thought he could do. So I'll be curious to see what he's able to do at the next level, because we all know any of us that watch um, NFL football Can you pick up a blitz as a running back and keep Aaron Rodgers jersey clean? Um, You know, can you contribute in the running uh, as a a special teams guy as needed? And, you know, can you catch the ball out of the backfield? Those are all parts of that next level NFL guy. But um, Weggs, watching him, he looks like a hell of a runner. He's very productive. And while he had a lot of carries last year, Previous to that, it's not like he was the bell cow guy every year. So while he had a lot of carries, doesn't seem like he's had a lot of carries every year of his college career. So theoretically, he's got a lot left in the tank. So somebody really to keep an eye on both of these running backs that the Packers are bringing in are super talented. But I really like what BJ is able to do in college, just runs the ball so smoothly.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, Patrick Taylor, Kylan Hill coming off a really tough injury. Um, We like both of those guys a lot, but Kylan, I don't know how healthy he'll be. Does he have that physicality and full burst that he was able to display last year and locking down the uh, kick returner job and looked like he might have been a candidate to get some more work out of the backfield Mm -hmm. over the course of the second half of the season had he stayed healthy, so... Um, and Patrick Taylor, as you said, uh, came on late in the season after Kylan got hurt and was able to contribute as well out of the backfield. So I think what this is, is you want to have good competition in this room. More than likely, one, if not two guys, ends up on, uh, out of all those guys that we mentioned, ends up on uh, the practice squad. And the Packers are probably going to carry three running backs on the 53-man roster again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be a good competition, and uh, I think uh, that the Packers bought in a couple of guys, and that leads us to uh, the next gentleman out of Iowa, um, Tyler Goodson. And you mentioned B.J. Baylor didn't have necessarily the tape or the proven capability as a receiver out of the backfield. That is not a problem for uh, Tyler Goodson, 70 receptions in his career at Iowa. um, uh, Showed very good hands, very productive at the college level over the last three years, 2,500 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns, um, just over 1,100 yards rushing last year at Iowa, and a very good season for them. Um, This guy has really strong vision, um, uh, understands those zone uh, reading concepts at Iowa, that they utilized there, and really good solid speed. Ran a 4-4-2-40 in the forty yard dash. So, Dane, um a lot of things to like about Tyler Goodson as well. And um, what do you see uh, with him, and and how he can mix in this group?
1: I'll tell you what. I mean, this uh, top to bottom, this is about as deep as I can remember the Packers coming into a season at running back in quite some time. Really, I mean, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon aside. Uh, love Patrick Taylor, obviously Kylan Hill, you said, I mean, he could, Kylan could end up on the physically unable to perform list to start the year, even, uh, meaning that some of these other guys are really battling for some spots and between the active roster and the practice squad, I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Taylor, it, it makes the, the active and BJ Baylor and Goodson both make the practice squad, you know, or, or some variants of that. I mean, I think all these guys could be in green and gold next year, uh, which leads me to Tyler Goodson, um heck of a receiver out of the backfield incredibly soft hands and just natural ability. Also a guy Iowa runs that zone blocking scheme. So he just looks um, adept at, at, at running the ball kind of out of that backfield. And Wags, uh, he he's just he got an elusiveness to him. He's got a little bit of a wiggle. You see him spinning around a little bit, and he's able to just get away from tacklers. That's something that just stuck out to me. And as a Wisconsin fan, we've been able to watch Tyler Goodson up close at times against a good Badger defense. And he just, he looks like a good football player out there. So a guy with, if you get the ball in his hands, he can do his thing a little bit. So curious to see what happens in camp, right? So now it's, it's an opportunity for him to come in and see who sticks. And I think there's going to be a fierce competition for running back snaps and touches out of that backfield. But I really like what both Goodson and BJ Baylor bring. And they bring kind of this almost thunder and lightning dynamic um, as undrafted guys. So um, kudos to the Packers for an office to get both of them in, but Tyler Goodson ball, um, you know, he's NFL quality as is I think everybody on this roster right now.
0: Yeah. And uh maybe a little bit of an understated thing to be watching for is whoever wins that third running back job might actually be in line for a little bit more work than normally Mm. is given to a player in that position, given the loss of Devontae Adams and the young wide receiver core that we have, especially early in the season. Don't be surprised if Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon see a lot of, um of two running back sets Hmm. and those guys could be on the field quite a bit together so we might need a third guy that can come in and spell and actually run the ball catch the ball in certain situations so um in injuries unfortunately part of the game we saw that with hill last year uh, but um those two main guys have been fortunate enough to stay relatively healthy um uh, despite Aaron Jones missing a game here or there. He had that uh, strained uh, MCL last year, but um, uh, hopefully they stay healthy this year again. But they've been pretty fortunate uh, at the top of the depth chart at running back here the last couple of seasons. So I think it makes sense to bring in a couple of productive guys that can improve the competition and the depth uh, in that running back room for sure. All right, Dane. So just a couple of other guys uh, to round this out. We've got a uh, two more offensive linemen start first, Caleb Jones uh, yeah. offensive tackle out of Indiana, and he claims the mountain man competition here. Um, he uh, has just supplanted Yash Nyman as the biggest dude on the roster, six nine, three seventy. So So um, I don't know a lot admittedly about Caleb Jones, but um uh, and when I saw that, I, I instantly thought of uh, Gerhard DeBeer, who the Packers brought in as undrafted uh, free agent a couple years ago, uh, who was a massive man as well. Uh, but um, uh, clearly, the Packers, uh, you can't teach size. So they're going to bring him in. And um, we, as we saw with Josh Nyman, if, uh, if they feel like he has the footwork and can develop and continue to show that he can be a capable offensive lineman in this league, uh, there might be a development track here uh, for a guy like Caleb Jones uh, to uh, be able to stick around, perhaps probably more likely on the practice squad for this season. But um, what do you see with him and, uh, and some of the measurables that you see as uh, with him as well?
1: Well, you know what surprised me about Caleb? You you mentioned his size. Of course, it's striking. That's what everybody's going to notice right away. Of course, Um, me too, by the way. Um, But what I was so surprised by with him, watching him uh, there um, in uh, Indiana is how patient he was in allowing the pass rushers to come to him. You would expect a guy, or at least I would expect a guy that size to try to maul guys a little bit and use his size to his advantage. Um, But Caleb was really brilliant. Uh, In that respect, Uh, off the edge, he would sit back and wait and he would let the game come to him. And that was something that really stood out to me as a young uh, offensive tackle uh, with that size. Uh, So, you know, he comes in there, lets those uh, defenders try to get by him. And that's where he just sinks those hands in and is able to just push around some of these defenders. So um, to your point, Wags, I really like that about Caleb. Um, He's also just got like a really strong base. Um, You know, some guys you seem tip a little bit, especially big guys, they start to they start to bend too much and they start to tip. I feel like Caleb is really uh, adept, especially as a pass protector. It's sitting back, um, kind of sitting in his chair and keeping defenders off the quarterback. So something to keep an eye on. If he can do that at the next level um, where guys are just faster and stronger and he can kind of keep those calm hands and that calm body, that's really going to play um, I think to his benefit, um, I think that where he's going to have to work a little bit and where why I think he's probably a bit more of, of a developmental player is his footwork. When he does need to use that footwork, at times he can get a little choppy in there. And and, and that's where teams are able to exploit him. And the better, faster pass rushers seem to be able to exploit Caleb's size a little bit. So stay tuned. He's going to a team that knows offensive line extremely well. Um, And I've got to think that the Packers uh, front office and the coaching staff are kind of salivating a little bit, looking at his size and his profile alone, um, knowing what he's coming to the table with. He could be a real one, but I think he's got a year at least to really develop probably on the practice squad, most likely for the Packers.
0: Yeah. With someone that big, this is a little maybe trendy scout speak, but does he have the bend? Because yeah. you, you can't play at 6'9". Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, the quarterback can't see over the top of you and scan <laughs> the field. So, um, and, and then you've got some edge guys that are really getting low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And is he able to use his hands and his feet to stay in front of those guys, or do they just beat him right around the corner? And that's that's not even talking strictly about his ability. It's just when you're that big, it does become a little bit more – of a challenge to be able to keep your leverage and play down to that level. So um, certainly something to keep an eye on. The other guy uh, coming out of Oregon, George Moore um, played listed as a guard. Uh, played both tackle and guard in college. Started 13 games for Oregon last year, Dane. So um, that's uh, one of the top programs in the country. Um, he played seven years in college, so he's not a, a, you know as young as most guys coming out, and probably is a big reason that contributed to him going undrafted. But pretty big guy as in his own right, six six, three twelve. Um, And uh, with that positional versatility, it goes right in the Packers' M.O. to bring him in and uh, give an opportunity to compete. But what do you see with George Moore and um, with his background and and his experience? What do you think he can bring to the Packers?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a finisher. He's a guy that finishes blocks. He's a guy that, you know... You watch the tape; the whistle blows, and he's still driving a guy backwards, which you just love to see uh, at the collegiate level. Um, but you mentioned he's a big guy with positional flexibility. He has the ability to play inside or out, which just the Packers love those guys. Um, uh, but uh, you know, we we mentioned uh, Cole earlier, and we'll say it with George too. He's just kind of a nasty dude. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and that's important at the offensive line position for his size. He's able to get good. Body position as well um, you know this is going to be a, a competitive offensive line group wags I mean last year I feel like it was extremely competitive coming out of camp as well but this year with the draft draft capital the Packers use but now these guys that we're talking about it undrafted especially knowing how the Packers operate they're going to let all these guys go out there and fight for for starting jobs, backup jobs, any kind of practice squad jobs. Like th- this, this is a group of guys that they're going to have to come in and be dogs every day just to try to earn a paycheck in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I think there's people that could be nervous about uh, some a lot of the unknowns on the offensive line group, but I think you just summarized why I'm excited about it. We've got competition at the starting. We've got competition at backup. We've got competition in the interior, on the outside. Um, and we've got a heck of a lot of talent that we just bought in, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of talent we bought back. We've got talent coming back off yeah. injuries. So um, I think we're in a really good shape. This is a very young Offensive line, all of a sudden, um, they've turned this roster over in the offensive line group um, quite a bit, actually, in the last few seasons. And um, I think we've got a a lot of talent there. So um, I think we're in good hands, especially with um, uh, the coaching staff that we have in place and the consistency that we've had in that room. So uh, certainly something to keep an eye on and to be looking forward to as OTAs and camp move forward. All right, Dane. Well, that covers all of the guys that were undrafted on the offensive side of the ball. Any closing thoughts as we end this week's episode?
1: Wags, I've got one question for you. Out of the guys we talked about on the offensive side, can we have a way too early prediction from you of um, if, if you had to pick one blindly without even OTA starting or just starting today? Is there one guy that sticks out that you think has a better shot than anybody else to make the roster out of camp? It's, I, I said it earlier, so I'm
0: just going to say it again. It's Cole Schneider, yeah. uh, the center. I, I, I mean, I, again, without seeing him play here in OTAs and competing at this level, it's hard to say for sure, but um, you know, his, if he's that good as a pass blocker and uh, to be quite honestly, uh, Jake Hansen, um, has been on the roster the last couple of years as a backup center, um, has had some opportunities. Is, is that the competition? So Cole Schneider comes in and maybe it's between him and Jake Hansen, uh, to have that, uh, spot on the roster. Um, Jake, I like Jake, but he hasn't necessarily shown that he's ready to step in for a bigger role or that he's competing for one of the guard spots. So I think if Cole is able to show a little bit of versatility and he's that strong as a uh, pass blocker. Um, I, I think he's got a great inside track at making the roster. Uh, I one of these other. I mean, Tyler Goodson is is another guy to keep an eye on. Um, at running back, I just think the competition's a little steeper mm-hmm. for that running back group ahead of him. So, short of injuries, that's going to be a harder track I think to make the 53. Right. Uh, right out of camp, maybe down the road he gets elevated. But Dane, let me ask you. Let me flip it back on you. Who okay. who uh, for you stands out out of this group?
1: Yeah, and, and to your point, Wags, I think every single guy we've talked about could end up on the practice squad at the very least. Like, that's there's they wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's Cole Schneider. I, I hate to agree, you know, it's more fun probably to disagree. But just coming out into it right now, he seems to have that mean streak. Um, Lucas Patrick no longer there. There's a spot open right there as far as I'm concerned for this kind of guy. Um, so I think Cole comes in. And, you know, he claims a spot. At least he fights for one right away. I just I think guys that play the way that he played in college and with the attitude and the chip on his shoulder, they just stand out. I don't know what it is about that kind of guy, but he's just kind of he's going to have that swagger a little bit, that confidence. So wouldn't be surprised if it's him. But um, just to, just for devil's advocate, I'll see George Moore as well. Um, you know, out of Oregon. I think that he's just another guy uh, because of his ability to play inside out that I want to look at. But I look at these offensive linemen in particular as guys that have a chance. So either George Moore or Cole Schneider.
0: Yeah, it seems like the offensive linemen probably have better chances than some of those other position groups. But uh, we'll be watching all of them for sure. So folks, thanks so much for joining us tonight. As always, be legendary and go go pack go. Every year I know we going to go hard. we been that team ever since Bart start. All my cheese heads go pack gold. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.